Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Comfort Watch, the podcast where we talk about the movies that we turn to time and time again. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chrissy. Hootie who party people. You didn't give me like descriptive terms. I literally couldn't think of anything I know, today. I'm, I'm, I'm in blob mode. I'm, I, I get it. Brain fog central. Don't worry, I'm in like rat basement comfort mode. I'm wearing a shirt that my father-in-law gave my husband because mm-hmm. it didn't fit him nice and uh yeah i'm just having rat what is it rat girl fall or yeah feral girl fall yeah i love that we're in like baggy grubby clothes but we both have a lot of eye makeup on. because <laughs> <laughs> we did things earlier today that's right but now it's comfort time but i'm not gonna wash my face no who cares no how's your week going oh i kind of good pretty good yeah yeah uh something i did something this week that i was going to include in my comfort recs Oh, if you want to roll into that soon. But yeah, why not? We'll talk about your week first. Oh, gosh, my week. Um, I don't even know what I've done this week. Oh, I went to the Canadian Country Music Awards with oh, yeah. with Marie, our friend Marie. And it was fine. I only went to go see Sam Hunt, who was like the most beautiful Republican man I've ever seen. <laughs> and even though we have nothing in common politically, ideologically, mm-hmm. like I just love watching that man do anything Mm -hmm. so it was a good time it was like it was just nice to go somewhere and have like something to do because i don't really do much it's also a really like random experience to have but having friends who have like fun jobs and they're just like i gotta she invited me too and i was like do you think i'd be someone can you picture me what would i be doing there i want you to picture me where are my arms what are they doing you would have hated it i would have hated it the whole time how would i be standing you would can you even picture me in that well area? you're Is sitting i, I saw only... i saw footage of you like standing and oh, dancing i stood for sam hunt and the people behind me who were all marie's friends were like i was like i'm sorry if i'm blocking you but i need to stand for this yeah and were they like we don't care no i think they were just like do whatever you need to do and it was just like a, a nice time other than that like still going through it health wise trying to like have like a wellness moment and get my energy back because it's not coming back to me so i'm on the struggle bus a little physically but i'll get through Join it in the chronic illness chronic illness girly club yeah not not just the chronically mentally ill girly club i don't get depressed i stay depressed <laughs> i think that uh yeah we were always looking for new members you know, to talk about, to text each other about, is this weather affecting you like it's affecting me? What'd your blood work say? Are you in your luteal phase where you think you're the ugliest person in the world? Oh, I know. I, yeah, I saw that one too today, that TikTok. Oh my gosh. It hit me home, hit at home. Can you be born into your luteal phase? I'm just one big luteal phase. Yeah, I don't think I ever entered or exited. I think I just rode it this yeah. whole time i feel like okay a little bit of a tangent and a little bit whatever this is for the girlies not that there's any men who listen to this podcast <laughs> but like i feel like when i was younger everyone like when they got their period like was like oh i have cramps i feel like it's now that like all the things are hitting me harder like yeah. the cramps the acne the the mood swings the random crying the thinking that you're disgusting like i feel like it's hitting me now more than it ever did for me i think it's that i'm tired of it like I, now i have no patience for it you want it over and done yeah with. back then it was like a new pimple was a new adventure that we were going on now i'm like are you fucking kidding me another one yeah i'm 35 years old i just can't like even if i if i just 
don't wash my face enough at night. I wake up with brand new pimples. Oh, yeah. Same. Oh. I, I have adult onset bacne. It's new. Ooh. It's from my birth control. My new birth control. Is it worth it? No, it's not. Because it's a needle and then I just bleed for three months. Three months? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's not worth it. But I don't want children so desperately that kind of is worth it. Worth it. Yeah. There's one way to fix that. IUD. I don't want... I don't like the idea of putting a little like corn cob up there. It seems odd. Put a little pin in it. <laughs> That's what, that would be a good branding one. Remember when there was like birth control that had branding? What was it? Yaz or yes, whatever? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We could have one called put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. Like you can talk about babies in five years. Put a pin in it. Yeah. Let's put I've a pin just in heard this. such horror stories. People saying it migrating. Saying they got pregnant anyway. Yeah. Worst case scenario. Yeah. I've heard of that too. But then I've also heard of like the greatest thing where people don't get their period anymore i feel like that would be like a really good time yeah i'm not someone who gets that lucky no no i don't get lucky anyway yeah ever well, in so many ways i do not look at i mean look at us in the taylor swift ticket fiasco <laughs> look at us look at us just two girls in a rat basement having a rat time wearing rat clothes <laughs> this is our purest form though it like, is. You go to a country music concert with your hair extensions in. Oh. This is how you're meant to be. Listen, I don't think that I have style, but then I go to a country concert and I'm like, I'm doing okay. Yeah, you're basically... I'm doing okay. Yeah, you're, you're basically Kim Kardashian at those things. No, I'm not. We're but like, I'm is just, this Balenciaga? No, I'm just like, somebody H&M. who looks like they maybe know a little bit about what's going on. Maybe. And I felt good. It felt good. It felt right. <laughs> They're on a weird part of TikTok, and you know it. Country. They're, they're someone who saved, because they liked it, the video of that woman sing, singing, try this in a small town with her arms not moving. <laughs> I hope she's okay. I, I feel I like... too. I think about her. She's my... A Roman Empire. <laughs> Roman Empire. I think about her a lot. I... I just worry whenever someone goes viral that I'm like, no one prepares you for this. And yes, you're singing to a very bad song that has like a terrible undertones and terrible meaning. But I just hope she had this mental fortitude to get through it. I feel like if you're out of touch enough to do that video, she's out of touch enough to know how hated she might be. Oh my gosh. I hope so. I, I hope pray, she's okay. I pray for her. Not really, but you know. Bless your heart. I pray for you. Pray for you. So tell me... Uh, okay, I guess we can go into this. Every week we give comfort recommendations. These are things that we're liking, loving, that we feel have benefited our mental health and just something that adds a little comfort to our lives. What do you got? Okay, so this week, this made my therapist say that she was proud of me. Whoa. Right before she said, have you ever thought of having an open marriage? What? Yeah, which I said the last thing I need is another person's feelings and thoughts and opinions and needs. And what? No. I want the opposite of it. I want a closed only myself. <laughs> you didn't tell me that she said that. Yeah. But yeah. So before that, she said she was proud of me. And we're going to stick with that. We're yeah. going to stick with it. At that, in that moment, she was making good judgments. Because I signed up for a book club. I think I mentioned this last week. You did. So I read the book. I read Whoa. the book. I read the whole thing and I realized I can actually read. I always thought I was a slow reader. I'm not that slow. I can read pretty fast. And I actually went to the book club meeting. That's a whole different thing. I could have read the book and then I could have just bailed. And I actually went. I even had a migraine, but I was like, no, I'm going to go. And I talked to women I've never met. Wow. 
about a book I didn't particularly like. And it was really nice. It wasn't it wasn't awkward. And I'm like the most awkward. Per- it wasn't awkward at all. They laughed at my jokes. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Because if people don't get my humor. I can't help them. How like, long was it? It was just like an hour and 20 minutes. I didn't want. They're all like, okay, usually it's about an hour. And I was like, let's keep. I want to be everyone's friend. Like, every, but it was all different. Like, everyone was like slightly different ages. And, you know, I could tell people were a little more like granola. Someone owns like a small business downtown that I've gone to before. And that was cool. And um, they're all just different people. And I'm like, that's freaking cool. Wow. I like this. So if you're in Niagara, I recommend joining. Did you have like the feeling of like walking into a tutorial in university? Kind. Well, kind of. Yes. But yeah, I also had the the very like nervous feeling of like immediately these girls, like they're book girls and I am not a book girl. You are now, baby. One girl actually had the book, Emily Henry's book lovers in her hand. And I was going to be like, that's the only book I've read this year. Do you like it? But then she put it away and I didn't want to be like, of course, everyone here has read that book. But I was like, oh my God, something I recognize they're not talking about. But then they start talking about the series that they're into and they're they're way more booky than me. I Like I do want to start reading, like my goal is to read like two books a month, mm-hmm. which I think 24 books a year is pretty reasonable, but these girls are doing like a book a week. Yeah. Plus. So I'm just not there yet, but I thought they were going to be very academic in the way they talked about books and they weren't at all like they were some things that they were just mostly confused about and would be like did this really happen or i don't understand the ending and that made me feel better because i in my mind created a lot of like academically thoughtful things because i come from you know taking english in university so i went in it very like the themes it's intimidating yeah so i thought it was going to be a lot more of that and honestly i probably would have got a lot out of going back and forth with someone talking about like imagery and themes even though basically everyone was just like the ending happened really fast did that happen did this happen and i was like i had a I had a pretty good grasp on the ending, so I don't I don't really understand. But it's still it was nice to talk to people and get to know people and it was great. And we met like at a cafe downtown. It was cute. I felt like, oh my god, like even just going to that cafe, like the guy at the counter is like a hipster guy being like, like, what kind of coffee do you want? And I'm like, I want an abomination to coffee. He's like, Okay. I'm like, I want sugar, I want ice, I want a big one. And he's like, We can do like a vanilla ice latte. I'm like that. Thank you. Because it, it was like a hipster, like, do you want like a flat white? I don't know what any of that shit means. I don't know either. Put the sugar and the coffee and the milk in a large thing and give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know any of this stuff. And everyone in there was like, you know when people look homeless, but like everything's expensive? Yes. Yeah. I think that's called cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was wearing a shirt from Ardeen's that I got for $9. That's okay. I was, I didn't look homeless, but I'm poor. <laughs> But yeah, it was great. Um, so it's called Niagara Book Babes, and you they're on Instagram. If you want to join, you can just you literally just DM them, and then they have a WhatsApp and even an app, so you can keep track of like the books they're doing and stuff. And they are very welcoming, and you don't have to go every month. You can drop in, drop out. You can read the book and not come at all. They don't care. So I highly recommend. That's great. Yeah. So that's my my first reco. Okay. My second one is a girl that I've been watching on YouTube for like, I don't know, like four years probably. And I've never thought to recommend her. And today I was watching her and I was like, I love this girl. So this is like turn off your brain content. She is 
she's the sweetest, cutest little cute button. She's from Kentucky. Her name's Alexandria Ryan. And her main thing is that she unboxes subscriptions. But like, I've never signed up for a subscription in my life. I just like how excited she gets. And then she shows you things and then she'll try on some of the makeup and stuff. And at Christmas time, she does, it's called advent calendar boxes, Mm. but she does like Chanel advent calendar. She does cookies. She does bath bombs. She does all the makeup and she spends thousands and thousands of dollars on these and then just opens them and gets excited or disappointed. And I don't know if you need like she she releases like two to three videos a week. Wow. It's a lot of content. So it's especially like doing your makeup and your hair and stuff. She's a great person to follow. And then also sometimes she talks about her life and stuff. She owns two stores, an antique one and like a handmade type store. Um, at one point she was getting her master. She's just like and she's got two Boston Terriers. Oh, my favorite kind of dog and her one boston terrier suffered from seizures Uh-oh. and my boston terrier suffered from seizures and i'm not gonna tell her what happened she can find out on her own <laughs> i think we all know what happens all yeah, dogs she, go to heaven she, yeah she can find out on her own but i also enjoy just like the there's puppies in the background that look like my puppy and uh yeah it's very cute alexandra ryan i think that's her handle on like everything yeah she's not necessarily a beauty guru she's very pretty but she doesn't she always is like I don't know how to do makeup. And then she's so Kentucky. Love it. I love it so much. So enjoy that. Those are great recs. And I'm proud of you too. Because that's like walking into a room full of people who you don't know. And just being like, I'm here to talk. Like I'm not here to just be a fly on the wall. Like, that's, yeah. that's intimidating. I literally put the book in my purse so I could still bail at the last second. I could still buy a coffee. Cause, like, just par- walk out. Well, parking was free and there was parking right beside it. And I was like, I could. this is still convenient enough for me to get a coffee. You pull leave. a Grandpa Simpson when you walk in. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I bought the coffee. And then as I was about taking it away, I turned to the guy and I went, is there a book club here today? And he goes, they're right over there. And I was like, thanks. Like, I, I did not, I did not, at, some, at one point, I did not intend to walk in there. And then the girl is so friendly and she's pregnant. And it that's immediately like disarming of like, you're not, I know you're going to be like nice and kind and non-threatening. Yeah. Wow. It's I, nice. I, mine, my first one's going to be a little tip from me to you on how to like, better your life physically and it's a little thing called blood work i was gonna say should are you an authority on this because i know i mean you are you get your blood work done a lot oh yeah baby but i feel like i've been putting off putting it off feeling like i need to go get stuff done to just see why i'm so exhausted all the time and i finally went to the doctor had a physical because i don't it's not that i'm afraid of doctors i'm not afraid of doctors i just sometimes don't like the whole like feeling like maybe they're judging me or that they're not like i love talking to my therapist everybody else i'm not so comfortable with i don't know i can't explain it but anyways my doctor's great she was really understanding and knew like just how much it was bothering me that i feel like shit so went got some blood work done had to pay for some tests though which sucked oh yeah that happens from time to time yeah i've I've paid for quite a few yeah that sucked but if you're putting off going to the doctor just go just go at blood work she's your friend okay so my other one is a little niche for the moms out there new moms i joined this like i followed this account called the baby chick on instagram And they just have some like pretty funny motherhood things that aren't perfect, but not in your face serious. Like sometimes I follow some stuff about like birth trauma 
that I just find like it's too heavy for me that even though it's topical and something that I need to see just from my own experience I can't see it all the time like I need a little levity mm-hmm. and this account has like funny videos tips for parenting and it's just presented in a way that doesn't seem preachy and it doesn't seem exclusive which I really like it feels very inclusive so the the baby chick they've got like three hundred and nine thousand followers which do they is, mean chick as in lady or chick as in like chickadee i think they mean like little chick like, like a little, little baby like a little baby bird yes they say baby chick is a pregnancy to motherhood resource where we empower inspire and uplift mothers oh, okay because you know that could be like like women like the book nagra book babes like we're the nagra book chicks we're the baby chicks we know about babies and we're chicks yeah Okay. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> but that's a uh, cuz I had a bad mom week. You know, I you know, I was having some anxiety about parenting and stuff. So mm-hmm. just finding some like good things to zone out to was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what were you going to say? Well, I w- wanted to bring up a past recommendation because this week I don't want to like leave comments and stuff, but I I feel like we need to this is going to be a couple weeks after this happened, but like we need to talk about Carrie Dayton. Because we love her so much, and you literally called me. So to give you a little back background, um, in August, I guess early August, her dog passed away, and her dog was 12 years old, and she got her when she was 22, and I also got my dog when I was 22, and she passed away at just under 12 years old, and I can very much relate to the fact that like you get a puppy when you're young and you think like this will be fun and then you're in your 30s and you're taking care of a geriatric dog who has all these needs and you know when they and then when they finally go it's partially a relief at the same time because you've spent so much time taking care of them and the meds and the vets and all of that stuff so her dog who she loved very much passed away Layla and we all loved obviously and then they had also an elderly cat and we were like okay the cat's name is Moo like Moo's just keeping everyone together yeah like, we're in it for moo and then you called me yesterday and we're like moo's gone well i messaged you earlier that week and i was like moo is coming out more than ever yeah i was like i've never i didn't even know she had a cat i know like eight months ago you went carrie has a cat i was like moo yeah of course she has i a just cat. felt like that was like such a you know independent cat was just like would hide in the linen closet and all that stuff mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I was like, this cat's coming around. Yeah. And then the cat passed away. And I was like, it makes sense. He knew that yeah. his time was coming. We thought maybe he was like, because like even my dogs, one of them seemed a little lost for a while, but the other one kind of became more affectionate because I think she realized I had more time for her mm-hmm. when before I spent all of my time, like my dog was wearing a diaper. Like I spent all of my time taking care of this dog. And when she passed away, my, my other dogs were like, we get cuddles, we get time, we get attention now. And mm-hmm. they kind of started thriving a bit after she, she died, which is sad. Well, Penny was the leader. And she was in charge and she was also a bully. And yeah. <laughs> now they don't even know when they should go out to pee. Whereas Penny used to say like, it's pee pee time. Yeah. And I feel like Moo was like coming out more and more because, you know, maybe Layla wasn't in the, you know, on her lap or beside her. And now he could be. And we were like, oh, you know, he seems to actually be doing well after that, even though he lost like a partner. And then he he died, too. It's so sad. We don't know her. And I know she gets lots of comments, but I just wanted to know two random women in southern ontario are thinking about you and your animals and your sadness i don't know I just, I it felt... was a gut punch 
she's like our best friend but we don't know her i know i literally call you like to see what carrie did today yeah see what she bought at trader joe's today i know she went to disney again i know we have like we have we definitely have a parasocial like try friendship with her big time she's not involved at all i know but we will you know tag her and let her know she was mentioned but carrie we love you it's such a end of an an era and i know everybody's saying like you know era's tour makes us all say era but when you lose a pet it really is the button on the like for me losing my childhood dog when she uh she was 17 wow was i had her from 3 to 20 wow so that was childhood yeah losing childhood and every time you get a pet you're like this is gonna hurt like hell countdown to sadness always i think there is a huge difference though like i think my dog dying last year was really cushioned by the fact i had two other dogs Mm -hmm. it didn't get suddenly very quiet Mm -hmm. my routine didn't change that much um it did get a lot she was a really loud dog it did get a little quieter but like things were different but i still had like my little puppy outlet that i could turn to but like for carrie now i feel so bad like she went from two pets to none in such a short period of time we know i'm i i only thing i hope for her is i know she likes to travel and that this encourages her to travel even more because now she doesn't have you know the responsibility of these elderly pets at home so like embrace the gift of that and this is not saying what anyone should do but i understand i used to not understand when people would lose a pet and go get another one yeah but i totally understand if the house is quiet yeah you're lonely and I feel like there is a responsibility if you are a good pet owner. Like, to take in more, more yeah. animals. I agree too. And this is something that like I literally want the exact same type of dog again. And you even said like, really? Well, when you compare them? But it's like, obviously she was my family member. But what kind of family member can you literally go purchase a similar feeling, a similar, you know. And we mean adopt. Adopt. Yes. Don't I, shop. Yes. But like. I can go spend $500 and bring home something that reminds me of her has the same, you know, impact on my life and my day and my happiness. I don't know why you wouldn't want that. I'm not saying you don't have to go back and get the same breed, but like I loved her breed so much and I love the energy level and I think they're the cutest ever. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't I just get another one and continue how much I love doing that and how much like that is important in my life? I know that's weird, but no, I'm not going to compare them. Well, unless this dog sucks <laughs> and be like, oh, Penny was so much better. But no, I think I think the thing about pets that's beautiful is that you can like you can still channel that love into another one. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's in a way they're they're not replaceable, but it's not like a human that will never serve that purpose again in your life. You Listen, know? I was going to say something. I'm going to cry right now. No. What? Like anytime anyone talks about a rainbow bridge. Oh, my God. Are you crying because of a rainbow bridge? Really? Oh. <laughs> Why can't you? <laughs> oh my god. What about it? Like Just whenever. Oh my god. My dog will bridge right. <laughs> What's wrong with me? I'm okay. still crying. Yeah, we're still have tears in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. I accidentally unplugged the mics, but also I wanted to give you a minute. <laughs> I just. Pet stuff hits so different. Oh yeah. It's so hard. So I, sad. I think that for me, they just bring me so much joy that the sadness part is like, it's worth it. It do, it doesn't, I think a lot of people think like, I can never live through that again. I can, because I want the joy. I literally I want the constant happiness. Move through my life with a little pack of puppies, like 
my other dog Penny, who usually lives with my mom, is now at my house. And today we went for a nap, and it was me, Max, and three dogs together <laughs> just napping. But I am a cat lady at heart, and yeah. my cat, for reasons for her well-being, lives with my mom, mm-hmm. and she's 18. And I just am like, this is gonna hurt like hell. No, but. Yeah, Carrie, we're thinking of you. Anybody, if you've lost a pet, we're thinking of you. If you're thinking about adopting a pet and you're a good person, just do it. You won't regret it. Yeah. Puppy panic is real. Like, if you adopt a puppy, then you're like, oh, my God, what did we do? Oh, absolutely. But it gets better. It's happened. I now have a French bulldog who's 12. And when I got her, I was like, my life is over. Mm -hmm. I ruined my whole life. I ruined everything I own. I ruined my sleep. I ruined my other dog's life. And now she's the good girl. If you're lucky, they adopt your laziness and your anxieties, and then you just yeah. have a little buddy. That's the that you got to train them into just being bums because yeah. that's all my vibe. We sleep, we cuddle. That's it. That's right. Yeah, but adopt, yeah. don't shop. Adopt, don't shop. And uh, yeah, all the puppies in the world, get all of them. We are the world. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, I'm gonna pull myself together, and then we're gonna come back with this week's movie. And we're back. We're back. Speaking of cat ladies. Oh, my God. The cat work <laughs> in this movie. Uh, this week, we watched a black cat filled practical magic. Based on a book. Based on a book. Yes. I kind of wanted to read it. Well, also, another one of our reco loves, uh, Lucy Wood, did read it. And she said it was great. Yeah. Um, I had, I've never read Practical Magic, but I've loved the movie for a very long time. Very long time. This is something I didn't take notes because I was like, there's nothing that was like, I don't remember that scene or I don't I don't feel differently about it. I love it. Uh, I did because we all know that my brain well, is not great these yeah, days. Yeah, I don't work as hard on this as you do. But 1998 <laughs> Practical Magic starring yeah. Sandy Boone. And Nicole Mary Kidman. Sandy B at her, I think her best. I, I think can, Miss Congeniality can be argued it's her best, but like compared to the Lake House, different. I, I wouldn't even know it's the same actor. Are we talking physically? Or are we talking even like ability? Ability. She gave herself over to this role. The happiness, the sadness, the, the way she laughs when she slaps her mouth because she's laughing so hard. The, every part of it. She... I think she looks fantastic in this movie. Oh. My husband said, is it just me or has she never looked better? Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, yeah, she never looked better. That's true. I, I would the same I, for Nicole Kidman, honestly. Yeah, I would yeah. argue that too. I would argue, though, that Miss Congeniality performance-wise is, is Sandy B at her best. I do think it flexes her like comedy yes. and physical comedy more. But Which this is where one, I think she's at her best. I think she did sadness and grief so well in this too, though. Ugh. She just looked a good crier. I don't know if something along the way before the lake house like got to her and shook that out of her. Jesse or... James. <laughs> Honestly. Her marriage to Jesse James. Like she just couldn't pull it together for that one. But this movie. This movie was a great watch yeah do you remember your first time seeing it or like being younger watching it like yes and no i don't remember my first watch i remember getting really into it in like grade seven eight nine because that's when we were really into the craft and we would buy like witchy books and try and do spells and do ouija boards and light as a feather stiff as a board and that's when we got really into that stuff so that's my 
time memory of it is watching it a lot when I was maybe like 13, 14, 15. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, it's one of those that I think I've just always kind of turned to around this time of year. Oh yeah. It's um it's a staple. It's a staple. Sorry, I just wanted to look at when the book was released cuz I feel like it was released right before the movie. Like, oh really? I feel like there wasn't it wasn't out for a very long time. Oh. The movie Practical Magic came out in 1998. The book by Alice Hoffman came out in 1995. So really, this book was just like out there and people were like, great, we're making a movie about it. That's great. Love that for like a female writer. Someone just right away being like, this is this is movie. And it was directed by Griffin Dunn, who Mm -hmm. was Mr. Bixler in My Girl. (laughs) I used to love Mr. Bixler. Yeah, Mr. Bixler. Oh, my God. I'm trying to picture him right now. He's in This Is Us, too. He's he's been in so many things. That's a teacher, right? Yes, it's a teacher. Mr. Bixler, Mr. Bixler. What does he look like? Oh, my brain. Yes. Oh, he's been in a lot of things. So many things. Yeah, I know him. But I just know him as Mr. Bixler. Mr. Bixler. Yeah. Uh, it was written or co-written by Robin Swickard and um, produced by Robin Swickard and Denise Novi, who did Little Women, 1994. This all makes all so makes so much sense. The ladies, the cats, the, the every every part of it. Oh my god! So Little Women, 94. We will get to it. Uh huh. But you guys aren't ready. You're not ready. Also, if you haven't seen it, first of all, I envy you because. Oh, such a beautiful moment you're going to have coming up when you mm-hmm. watch it. But it's uh, there's nothing better than these movies. There's nothing better. The cinematography, the like sets, the costumes, the cat work. Little Women has lots of kittens in bed. This movie yes. had lots of cats on tables, yes. which I don't mind personally, but other people would. No, for cat people don't mind. Cat people don't mind. You know, so I used to go like when you, you were working out of your house before the pandemic, I used to go let your dog out like every single day and i'm not a cat person i'm allergic to cats but your cat for some reason honey liked me i don't know why i i don't she should know better but she would come up on your table because you'd put the food on the table Mm -hmm. and she would just rub her face on my shoulder while i waited for delt to go to the bathroom that's so cute and yeah it's just cats live on table i thought cats are on tables that's a, that's what they do i mean we need to elevate their status in our home because they're little princes and princesses <laughs> yeah but when i saw that it made so much sense of like why this movie just feels mm-hmm. so beautiful yes every um, part of it we know that i think there's like a tiktok trending that this the town was shot in washington yes which this is this and Casper are two of the movies that in my mind is why I think I'm from New England or why I at least mm-hmm. really have a romantic view of it. And this whole time, literally when I heard that, when they said, oh, it's actually the West Coast, I was like, no, but the way the water is, that's the, like, I couldn't picture it flipped on a map, which isn't real. Like, that's not, it doesn't matter. You're facing the ocean, you're facing the ocean. But in my mind, I was like, no, the way the water is, that's definitely the East Coast. They, they've, they're lying. Yeah, I guess I just picture magic, like practical magic is East Coast vibes. Maybe like new age spiritualism is West Coast vibes. Like a lot more crystals, a lot more. Yes. That's what I picture. And like the craft is, I think, California. That movie's terrifying. I wanted to put it on the, it's not a comfort watch, but oh my God, is it a good movie? I am so scared of that movie. I love that movie so much. This movie was well i don't know i don't know which like what to get into it first with this movie well first i wanted to break down so 
of all the movies we've watched so far, I'm always very critical of like the setup, the pacing. This movie is a masterclass in setup. It does it quickly, mm-hmm. but you get the entire. It, it sets it all up perfectly. You even understand that like everyone has two daughters, and every daughter there's a redhead and a, a brunette. Ginch, yeah. You know this, like. It's so set up so fast and you understand it. You don't need any more explanation by the time they're like, okay, now it's time to watch a movie. The lead up is perfection. Yeah. And I just want, I, th- I think every movie maker should watch this movie to learn. These are the context clues we all need to watch your movie without you having to either spell it out or just jump into, didn't your aunt propose to someone in Ireland? No, this is how you set up a movie triggered we got history we got time things through time there's oh perfect so the premise of this movie is well there's there's a couple things going on but mostly there's this idea of a curse on the owens women that whenever they fall in love the man will die yes and this not is right the, away i don't know if there's a timeline. Uh, yeah i it. don't know they give you long enough to have two daughters they essentially give you, they give you long enough to be happy for a little bit yes and all of a sudden you hear the death watch beetle and you know that it's coming mm-hmm. important to note this curse was not in the book this is this is the whole premise of the movie this is why everything happens in the movie it, they, I know. They use this as the main plot driver. In the book, these there are people who die, like their parents die, her husband dies, but it's not tied together by this idea of a curse. So this was a total invention of the... Which works for this movie, but right off the have, bat, we're departing from book. Oh, you wouldn't have the scene with her with all the floorboards up, like that shot alone of her in the mess of all the floorboards trying to get the beetle. And coming right off of Lake House watching, I was like, Sandy's always digging she, in floorboards. She's got... Yeah, Sandy, I don't think, okay, so one of the things that I definitely caught this time around, mm-hmm. we see Sandra Bullock and uh, Nicole Kidman, our two sisters, their mother dies of a broken heart, which I'm interpreting as she she went. They say she, something else later. Do you that, forgive mom? Yeah, that makes you think that she took her own life. Yes. Yeah, which is so sad. So they live, live with their aunts. Francis and Jet, mm-hmm. played Franny by... and Jetty or something they call each other? Yeah. Played to perfection by... <sighs> Stalker Janet. And Diane Weist. Oscar winner, oh. Diane Weist. I, I'm i going to tell you right now. I didn't do a recast. No. I didn't no. do one for this movie at all. No. it's There is not a single person I would recast. It was perfect. May, you know what? Maybe the cop. I'll argue that he, he did a good job. He did a good job, but if it was Russell Crowe... You could argue that. I could argue that. You could... Two Aussies in a movie. They were friends. He's... Is he Australian? Russell Crowe? Yeah, I thought he was Irish. Or no, English. he's Australian. How much do you love him? <laughs> I don't care. Baby, I don't care about where you came from. That's why I him and where Nicole... You're going. Him, Nicole, Hugh Jackman, and Naomi Watts. They're all friends. They're all Australian. He owns like a, a Irish soccer team. I guess so does Ryan Reynolds, and he's Canadian, so he yeah. gives a shit. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's my only recap. Well, yeah, perfection. So I I will watch anything with Stalker Channing. Me too. She's my favorite. They were great. So there's a prequel book called The Rules of Magic, which is oh. about them, the ants. Oh. Which I think we should read, definitely. Comfort Watch Book Club. So there's Comfort a prequel read. and there's a sequel to uh, Practical Magic that's strictly following, I believe, the daughters, Kylie and Antonia. It's so weird that one's named Kylie. And one's Antonia. Yeah, I these are very different names. Very different. Well, I guess you know Kylie and Kendall are kind of different too, aren't they? They're Kendall's close. a boy's name. Well, Kendall Roy. <laughs> um, L to the OJ. L to the OJ. 
<laughs> so they move to this beautiful house, which is the stuff of dreams. This is the quintessential movie house. Like while we're watching, I said, Jeff, in this scene, like the lime and the coconut, like we're going to get a full view of this kitchen. So oh, pay yeah. attention. And he was like the stove. I was like, pay attention to everything. The little greenhouse off of the, the where they the mix the little herbs. rooms that come off of it. Yeah, there's two. Isn't there's there's like one with a bunch of flowers and then one where all their like potiony stuff is. Oh my god! And the windows and everything is lit. Like I don't really like warm light. Like I like it a bit. I don't want like cool light in my house. But it, everything's like a butter yellow lit, mm-hmm. and everything just looks. Oh, I want to stand in at that like island and just talk for hours with people. And it's a movie set. I know. All of the interiors of this film were movies. The exterior was built. Just the shell of the house was built. And because it wasn't, I believe it was built on sacred land, they couldn't dig. So they built it for the movie and then tore it down after. Barbara Streisand allegedly contacted producers because she wanted to buy the house. Oh, and they were like, man, it doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist no more. (gasps) Which is such a shame because it's such a beautiful house. Oh, my God everything i wonder if anyone's ever like paid to recreate it or at least the interior or i, I mean if i win the lottery that's something i would definitely do to lulu eyes even the attic like we're oh everything oh about God. it all the stairs going up and it has that look that's kind of like disheveled yeah lived in oh yeah but yeah, not yeah. like notting hill apartment where it was disgusting yeah it's very it has history like you can tell people have lived there their things are all still there the things have been on the walls for a while i love that though it's just the best i think there's a few um like aesthetic tiktoks going around of like fall in new england or and those things i can get lost in for hours or like nancy meyer's sets and kitchens those just, yeah it's so important that when it's done badly in a film you notice Oh, absolutely. When it's done so well, you notice, like, this is done so well. Yeah. But when it's done terribly, it's, you can't overlook it. On that Nancy Myers one, what one would you pick? They show a whole bunch of kitchens. I think I would go with the It's Complicated Kitchen. So that's the one aesthetically that's the same with me. But my, the movie that makes me long for, like, living there is always uh, Something's Gotta Give. Oh, I thought you were going to say The Holiday. No, it's always something's got to give. Yeah. I mean, The Father of the Bride House is pretty spectacular, but... Oh, I love that it's too. It's a little too... Their kitchen isn't great. The interior isn't great. No, yeah. Exterior is top Fantastic. Notch. Yeah. But I... My dream, if I could pick to live anywhere, it would be like Hamptons or Cape Cod. Like, I want like a beachy... That a makes beachy sense. mansion. That makes sense. But this, yeah. this movie is cliffside perfection perfection yeah i was on a cliff in maine in june and i was like should i just jump off this because this is the best place in the whole it's world just, it's as good as and it there gets. was like a there was like a giant lighthouse and then across the water on this tiny island was like a absolutely haunted tiny worn down lighthouse and i was like this is this is the things that i see in my mind of like this is the life I want to lead. One of the things that I liked the most is that when Sally and um, Jilly move in with their aunts, the aunts say, we have chocolate cake for breakfast and never bother with things like brushing our teeth. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just so perfect to just set up like these aunts are, we don't, they don't give a shit about your education. Yeah. They just want you to like work on your magic and your mm-hmm. craft and everything like that. And one of the things of this movie that the magic part of it isn't, well, there's possession and exorcisms. Yeah. But there's it's such a subtle magic. 
Yeah. Like they can do a spell to like make somebody want you. They can do a spell to make Sally's name the top of the phone tree. Yeah. Like, but it's not, I think, the way you would think of magic. Well, a lot of it is they could deny, like, they could deny it. They could Mm -hmm. be like, yeah, I didn't do that. Yeah. Because it's not, it's so subtle. And I actually think the moments where there's outright, like, magic or, you know, supernatural stuff is the parts I kind of wish weren't even in it because I don't think the movie needs it. I think what what's great about it is the subtle things like the she's her coffee just stirs on its own. That was cute. And it, there's a callback to it later when she puts poison in the, the tequila, it spins on its own. I love that in its simplicity. It seems like most of the magic for at least Sally and Jilly is just this understanding and intuition for each other. Yeah. Who did you think was older? Oh, I just assumed it was Sally. I always assumed Jilly was older. Really? But it's Sally who's older. Yeah, I just assumed it was Sally because she just had her shit together. True. Maybe that's an older sister thing. Can't relate. (laughs) But also, yeah, I guess when Jilly leaves and she's like running off with the boy, Sally does look younger. She looks like she's she's got glasses on. She's kind of dorky. I think her hair was in braids and she's like, don't go. She does seem younger in that scenario when they're actually younger i also think maybe i'm just like i go back to thinking well nicole kidman's taller so she's gotta be older (laughs) yeah exactly um they don't look like sisters at all not at all but i'm okay with that that it doesn't bother me at all yeah there's so (laughs) one of the things to is it to beat this curse or to avoid this curse a young Sally creates this wish list of men of the perfect man that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. So that she'll she'll never fall in love because the man that she says the only one she can fall in love with doesn't exist. He can ride a pony backwards. He has one blue eye, one green eye. He can flip a pancake, which is not that weird. Um, his favorite shape is a star. <laughs> Again, that's, that's not one. But he I can whistle. Whistle whistles her favorite song, and he's kind. He's kind, yeah. Which, I mean, good good. thanks for adding that in there. Yeah. So I, I understood, like, that part that she never wants to fall in love. I don't think I clued in, uh, literally until this watch, that the ants put a spell on her to fall, fall in love, love with Michael. I, yeah, I remember that, yeah. I never, I never clued in. I was like, oh, isn't it weird that the clock just struck and all of a sudden they just have this, like, they and she just to each starts other. running towards a man she's never spoken to? Yeah, I never put it, to- <laughs> I never put it together. But that scene, is that when the, it's centrifugal motion, okay. is that that? Yes. Per- she looks so happy. He's so happy. I think that is, like, the most, like, romantic. They just run towards each other. The actor from uh, In Her Shoes. I know. I really like him. I like him, too. What's his name? Let me see. Mark Furstin. Steen? Furstein. Hmm. I'm butchering that. Anyways. Thanks, Mark. He do- He looks great in this movie. He does. Lo- he looks better in this than he does in In Her Shoes. I don't know what he does for a living. Just pushes vegetables. <laughs> They don't really, yeah. They never really say he I'm, just... I'm assuming he's a farmer? A farmer? A grocer? Why are you walking in the middle of the road? Yeah. That's that's your own problem. A little foreshadowing. But there's just so many scenes in this movie that are like imprinted in my mind as like, like, you know, I love scenes that are essential, that could be like a painting. And like him in the bikes, when he's like, all the bikes are going past me. He's like, mm. ah, that's one. And when the the sheriff guy's younger and he's on a pony. Yes. And the, the pedals fall. There's so many. They've done such a good job in this movie of making these scenes that like, I think this movie sticks with you because it's so memorable. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful in a way that's has a nostalgia to it the way that 
Little Women did. Yeah. This like really created its own little world. Mm-hmm. And whoever did the cinematography and set design, like get a raise. Oh, yeah. And you buy into it pretty much right away. And I didn't have a ton of like questions or like, well, if this, then this. Yeah. Like, no, no. I, right away. I'm like, whatever you guys say, if this is how you have to do it, this is how you have to do it. I believe you. So Michael dies. He's hit by a truck. Yes. So she, they get together, they have two kids, two daughters, Mm -hmm. and then he gets hit by a truck. Well, and all the apples, the apples flying Mm -hmm. and crashing to the ground. This movie. And then, so she like, I guess not like her mom, but when her, her parents died, she moved back in with her aunts. And so then she also then moves her daughters back in with her aunts. But she says no magic. Yeah. Yes. She's very... Anti-magic, they, do they say why? I guess, I think she just wants to protect her daughters. Yeah. Nothing's happened up to that point to make her think, oh, no, because her husband died. Yeah, she finds out that they put a spell on him. Yeah. And they won't do the spell to bring him back. Yes, they won't do it, yeah. Which, understandable. They were right the whole time. They were always trying to do what's right. They only meddled as much as they should. So I'm team ants. It's interesting, though, because there's the, the curse thing of, of Sally's relationships. Mm-hmm. And then we have Jimmy. Jimmy Angelov, <laughs> who in the book is named Jimmy Hawkins, and he's from Texas. Oh, he's not from Transylvania. <laughs> no, he's not. Bulgaria. Yeah. So there's like this interesting thing because the curse isn't really necessary for Jilly because we don't really, she's, it's a love and lust thing. Mm-hmm. Sally's always falling in love and wants to be in love. Yeah. Jilly has this really physical, yeah, like passionate relationship with all these men who are not great but yeah she doesn't have to worry about this yeah it never really comes into play for her yeah because anything what that happens now with the curse is just really them accidentally killing him yeah and bringing him back to life with a spell and then killing him again yeah and but in when they find out about the curse when they're children sally says i hope i never fall in love but Jilly says, I can't wait to fall in love. Mm-hmm. But then Jilly Denver does. Well, right. as far as we know. Right. And that's not really, I think she's seeking that, but in like the wrong places. And I love that this, I don't know if it's in the book, but in the movie, they use, they they tell a lot of what's going on with letters from sister to sister. And they use that even as like a way to connect them then to the cop because the cop then gets to read the letters. And it's interesting how they, you know, Sally's letters are sad. Jilly's letters are like, this I'm st- this is the most perfect moment in my life. I'm in the sun. I'm dancing. Mm-hmm. I love this for Nicole Kidman. It's very, I don't know. It's they're sensual. Not, it's not usually a role I would give to her now. No. But she's wonderful at it. When she's like, hold on to your husband, ladies. Oh, God. Perfect. And they're like, is that a snake tattoo? She's great. She's so wonderful as the wild girl. Because I think between her and Sandy, yeah, you would think Nicole could do it. I don't think we've ever really seen Sandra Bullock be overtly Mm. sexual or... I don't know. There's a a lot of like a little bit of slut shaming for Jillian. Yeah. And but she seems unbothered by it, which she I like. does. And the the thing is, though they're doing that, the moms very much look prudish and like it's not like you're like agree with them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's actually to show that they're shitty. I felt more of it from the sis from Sally and the aunts felt it towards Jilly. Like when the tequila scene, when things <laughs> when take a turn and it's mean. <laughs> what has it ever been a crime in this family to be a slut? Is that what she says? Yes. Oh God, yeah. It's, it gets a little mean. 
does get a little mean, but it's because they're drinking the poison tequila. Right. So it makes them a little weird. Someone left it on the porch. I sang that out loud while watching it. <laughs> Me too. I, everything about this movie is iconic. Fun fact, they actually drank tequila while filming that scene. Wow. And the crew drank tequila too. <laughs> so I'm sure they were having a hell of a hangover the next day. Wow. You can tell they're really into it. You can. What did you think of Goran Vesnich? <laughs> Dr. Kovac? I, cause I, yes, you watched ER. I, I did. I watched all of ER. I loved ER. He was great. Oh my God, he was great. Bad guy. Leather. Bad, yeah. The, again, the only... The only thing in this entire movie I don't love, love, love is him like coming back as that spirit for that part. Yes. I like her possessed by him. That's cool. But him coming like peering out of her and being like, get me out of here. Like in his hand burning with the the star, the star. That part I thought made zero sense. And there's no reason that his hand would melt with a star. I, everything about it was just... I thought it was supposed to like relate to like a pentagram. Maybe. I thought it was supposed to be like... Because earlier she says to him, see your, your badge? It's just a star. It doesn't mean anything. But you give it power. Right. And like, that was him giving it power. But I think that that scene only existed to convince the cop that he is dead but is trying to still haunt them or kill them. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the only part I didn't like... It's not that he acted in it badly. I just didn't... I didn't like anything that was like... Like, it was basically CG. I didn't love it. Yeah, it was an interesting part. I liked I liked the part where you kind of see him through the glass where the little girl, yes. can, Kylie that, or whatever her exactly. name is, can see him through the glass. Yeah, that I thought that was clever. Because horror movies are always great to me when there's the suggestion but never oh, reveal. Exactly. In the book, they never bring him back to life. Oh. He just becomes a poltergeist. Oh. So there's never that, this curse of, or this spell of bringing mm -hmm. him back to life and him being evil because he was okay. already evil. But He was already evil, yeah. Yeah. I but don't, hot. Yeah. I think it was like... <laughs> You're like, yeah. You didn't think he was hot? I think he's a very beautiful man, but I, I think I, I love Aiden Quinn in this movie. I, I think if you cleaned him up like Patrick Dempsey, he'd be so hot. Oh, yeah. No, he's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man. Yeah. There's just, I think because I knew he was a bad guy, I was like, I can't. I don't like him. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. Still hot. I didn't like it at all. When he's, I get, I got, was really bothered by the violence against my oh, yeah. Nicole Mary Kidman, <laughs> whom I love so much. Yeah. But I guess I get why they have that spell in there to mm -hmm. make an urgency that the sister needs to help the sister. Yes. So that makes sense too. But you're right. The CGI of seeing him, what seemed unnecessary. Yeah. It kind of, that's the only part that like kind of took me out of it. And I was like, this, yeah, I, I liked the suggestion of magic or like the quirkiness of their magic. Yeah. Not the, oh, he's, there's his full body apparition of him being like yelling at them. No. I'm very into sisters yeah. right now. <laughs> he's great. Nicole Kim and Possessed was wonderful too. Oh, absolutely. I love the, I love the brooms and that the community came together. I feel like we're jumping really far into it, but really in between is there much plot it's a lot of moving shifting things around trying to avoid getting caught for what they did because they do kill him mm -hmm. and they do it by poisoning him in his tequila using what is it called belladonna yeah they bury him in the 
in the backyard and then roses grow and his toes like peek out and frogs keep showing up or toads. Oh, I hate the toads. Uh, yeah, it was not great. The reason the cop is even there, he's not looking for who murdered him. He doesn't know he's been murdered. He, he He's a murderer mm -hmm. and he wants to catch him. And he's like, I know your sister, Jill, has been with him and we you have his car. So I tracked you guys here. And then he starts to get suspicious of them because they're like, no idea where he is, but we have his car. And then this bullfrog throws up his ring. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That was such a unnecessary yeah. plot point. Yeah, I don't think that one needed to happen. Right away, the guilt I would have had for him accidentally dying mm -hmm. would go away when I found out about the other woman. I'd be like, oh, oh. okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Be like, yeah, we don't, don't, just don't know where he is. That's yeah. fine. And never. He's right there. He's yeah. actually killed in the, he's in the, buried in the yard. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like an interesting thing because it's like, what would you do for your sister, right? If, if I was like, I need help burying a body, what would you do? I'd help you. I thought about this when I was watching it. Like, are we admitting to the fact that, yeah, I'd help you. I don't know if I could help you. No? I feel like my guilt like, would I be too son. much. No, my guilt would be too much. Unless it was somebody who was really bad. Yeah. Then that's why I would justify things. I'd be like, that's fine. Or we'll just say it was self-defense. Well, that's the thing. I'd help you form a plan. That's kind, kind of you. Yeah. I, I don't do a lot of physical labor. No. No. But if we had to be like, he strangled you. I'll, yeah. I'll strangle you a little and bit. It was an accident. <laughs> the accident wasn't when he came back from the den, then they yeah. killed him again. No, but they definitely could have like been like, look at the bruises on her neck and her face. He tried to kill her. So mm -hmm. he poisoned him, even though poisoned is very like premeditated. But it was an accident. He's a, he's a frying pan, probably goose egg on the back of his head because of the true. second time that's how she killed him. There's such an interesting thing. Like, I think before I thought maybe there was, and I don't know where I got this from, like maybe kind of like a, a magical element to Jimmy. And that's why he was so evil. Like yeah. he was like a, I don't know, whatever is an adversary to a witch. Like I thought that like the, the, the ring, the violence, mm -hmm. uh, the whole look, the whole thing I thought was kind of yeah maybe purposely supposed to have like an evil energy and that's why he became this like terrible poltergeist i wonder what they say in the book the book yeah because I'm not sure yeah him p possessing her was really that's why i thought i was like oh he's just an evil maybe yeah. whatever what what are witches like warlock i don't know like something <laughs> no, like just that another kind of witch yeah i don't know he's uh what's his name oh voldemort is the voldemort yeah yeah Oh my god! Yeah, man. One of the things I will say, Aiden Quinn was in Legends of the Fall. Oh, and he's great in that movie. I don't think he's like particularly like leading man hunky dory, but he does have like a good like Texas Rangery type type of vibe to him. I can't say I've seen him in. He kept reminding me of someone, but I couldn't think of who. But I haven't seen him in anything else. I don't think. I can't think of anything else he's been in. No, I don't know I mean, where he went. He's a working actor, but I thought he was... They had a weird chemistry. There was chemistry. There was chemistry. Well, them was making out on that bed. That was sexy. Yeah. Those uh, are meant to be together. There was a weird shift in, in Sally when he comes to the house and she's like showing him around. Yeah. There was like almost like a, a seriousness that took over her where she's mm -hmm. like never something with the craft. And I was like, you don't talk like this. Mm-hmm. Like, who are you talking to? I think she was trying to like play a character because before Jilly was like, what are you doing? Because she was very much like, I don't know. Um, I don't know. 
<laughs> she can't like, lie. And do you think that she can't lie to him because of the spell? Well, I, no, because the spell isn't on her. It's isn't on it? him. I don't. Well, here's the thing, too, is that at the end of the day, she put a spell on him to love her. I know she says that. Does she does she want that? I don't know. Does she want to be with a guy that only loves her? Because when he was a child, a bunch of petals from a flower was like, you gotta love this girl. Yeah, it's interesting because she does say that part of like, you'll only know know if I love you or I'm with you to avoid going to jail. Yeah. And it's the spell. But, But I was under the assumption that the spell was the only time she'll fall in love. Oh, so the spell's on her as well. That's what I like, thought. Like, this is the manual because love. Because when he comes around and she can't lie to him, I yeah. thought that was, and that was a great physical comedy part that I don't know, the, her, like, I don't know. <laughs> that was a wonderful physical comedy part. <laughs> yeah. But I, that's why I thought it was, like, a she can't lie to him because oh, of this. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I guess, I guess it goes both ways because she says she will love the man who has all those qualities. Yeah. When he says, I wished for you too... I literally showed my husband. I was like, I just got goosebumps. Yeah. I think it's so sad. I know. I wished for you too. But then her husband, what about her husband? I know he's dead, but didn't you, she moves on fast, this girl. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, I know that there are other people who are like, oh, you deserve to be happy. I just don't think I could. Not that, f- not that fast. Not that fast. No. And, and then the girls are like, yay. I literally said when they were like in the tree going, when, like so happy that her mom was kissing him i was like you're a new dad like when at the at, at the end when they jump like off the hugging. roof he gives the little one a hug and kiss and i, I was like weird but nice just, just your dad now he's your dad i guess if you get them young they just forget i guess so i don't know she you know what i think uh hillary Swank from ps i love you should t- come take a couple lessons from sandy b on how to just get over shit i guess conjure up the perfect guy yeah I think it kind of ruins the poor guy, Michael, that there was a spell too. Yeah. This girl can't just fall in love. I know. Maybe no one actually, maybe she's not very, maybe she's annoying and people don't actually like her. Apparently in the book, the characters are a little self-involved. There, mm. There's a more of a strained relationship between Sally and Jilly and the ants are kind of aloof and not really involved in their life. I thought it was weird when the ants leave and are like, clean up your own mess. Yeah. Like, they can't. Yeah. You're, you have the powers here. And they come back and they're like, we thought we got here back here in time. Why'd you leave? I don't know. <laughs> if you guys know how to fix this, why the fuck did you leave? Exactly. Yeah. You knew, if you knew that Jilly was going to be possessed, why'd you guys go? Yeah. Rude. It's like, and when they got back, it's like they knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Why'd you? Yeah. I don't know. The phone tree coven was fantastic. Yes. And Margot Martindale is someone I love. I love whenever I see her in movies. Which one's Margot Martindale? She works at the store with the curly hair. Oh, she's the frizzy like, blonde hair. She's like, no, she's like, oh, one time one. my daughter had a nightmare and I heard her cry. I swear I, I could hear her I know, cry I all the way from her. town. Yeah. She, she was, was wonderful. She was on Dexter. She's great. She's so fantastic. She's in August Osage County, which I still oh, have yeah. to get you to watch. I know. Another thing. So the, the exorcism scene, they put a rubber floor in because Nicole was thrashing around so much. Yeah. And the thing about that breaking the curse yeah. I didn't quite understand how them was theirs the love that mattered to break the curse, the generational curse. Like, what did it have to do with anything? I didn't know that the women were breaking the curse. I thought they were just pulling him out of her. Because they, she says the curse was lifted. Yeah. 
maybe just by her having the spell like on the guy like i that's the one part for me where it kind of just fell apart yeah she made it she didn't make it she made it seem like the curse was lifted forever for the whole family yeah. like this wouldn't happen to her daughters or anything like that but no i don't know how that and how do they know it's lifted i don't know is there like a little light that turned off or something like i don't understand i'm not sure yeah they, that part was rushed and they didn't explain it at all no like it would actually have been better if they said like if she at the end of the movie talked over the credit or like before the credits and said and we grew like old together and it turns out the curse was lifted and we you know we'll never know what happened or whatever but yeah, yeah they're just they got they unpossessed her and then they were like no everything's, everything's fine good. everything's good everyone can get married yeah, and i didn't quite understand that yeah I, didn't, I have no idea and then it ends with the great theme great mm-hmm. great soundtrack great score and them jumping off the roof mm-hmm. as little witches at Halloween. Yeah. Which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, there is some trivia that I have about this film. Okay. When the director began making the movie, he wasn't sure about the occult or witchcraft or anything. So they hired a witch to be a consultant on the film. Mm-hmm. And when... <laughs> and they, they paid her. And they, they gave her... So. Yeah, they paid her. Apparently, though, she wanted more money and a take of the film's profits. And when they said that they couldn't give her any money, she said she put a curse on the movie. Wow. So... Did it work? Apparently. So according to Den, this is from an insider article, when told that the pay bump would not be possible, she told a producer, I'm going to put a curse on you. I'm putting a curse on the movie and I'm putting a curse on Griffin. Dunn said he later received a voicemail from her threatening additional curses and speaking in tongues. He said the woman sued Warner Brothers and the legal team was so freaked out that they just paid her off. (gasps) Wow. Just in case it was real, although Dunn told Fulcher in an interview that he didn't give the curse any power, he held his own exorcism to cover his bases. He said, quote, it was a very simple new age ceremony. It was mostly chance and smoke. If you're a person with any kind of spiritual sensibility or if you believe in any kind of higher power, you're open to beliefs in many things. I'm open minded enough to at least spend a hundred bucks on an exorcism. (laughs) But it's interesting because this movie tanked in the box office. Did it really? It had a $75 million budget, and I believe it only made $68 million in the box office. That's a high budget. It is a, a very high... Well, they figured they had to build the house. Yeah. They are paying Stevie Nicks and Cheryl Crow to write songs for this soundtrack. Yes. But that's why they thought maybe she really did curse it, because it was panned by critics. It Really? Yes. <laughs> what is it? So this movie has a 23% <gasps> Rotten Tomatoes no. rating, a no. 73% audience score. Rotten Tomatoes, do you know about the controversy with them? No. So, first of all, they're a farce. Uh, they're, it's all bullshit, from what I've heard anyway. First of all, how they pick their ratings is it's not based out of... So, every every reviewer gives a number out of five, right? You wouldn't be able to get 23% or whatever if you rate something out of five, right? That's not possible. But the way they actually come up with the percentages is the percentage is the number of ratings that are above 3.5. So say the Barbie movie comes out and they have like 90% of their ratings are five stars, 90%, but the other 10% are below 3.5. They will be a 90% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. Oppenheimer comes out and every 100% of the ratings are 3.6%. They get a 100% rating on interesting it is just the percentage of reviews that are above 3.5 now i could be wrong this is a tiki-taki i saw so that's why things can get really skewed 
because there could be a couple reviewers who review below 3.5 and bring everything down. Oh. Yeah, because it's not the overall opinion. It's just the number of reviews that are above 3.5, which literally a whole movie could have 3.7 as the actual average rating, but it doesn't matter. If it's all, it could be 100%. So also what came out in the last couple of weeks is that it turns out companies are paying people to review on Rotten Tomatoes to give positive reviews. I believe that. And it is 100% real and that sucks. So uh, a lot of movies were getting very much boosted that did not deserve to be boosted and did not deserve the rating. Interesting. You so know, I, like... I no longer trust Rotten Tomatoes. What was Roger Ebert's things out of five? Were they out of five or four? I said they're out of two thumbs up, one thumb up, no thumbs up. He uses four stars. Okay, so he, I think in our last podcast, I said that he gave something, uh, something out of five stars. Yeah. I always like look at listening to what Roger Ebert said. He gave this movie two out of four stars. Mm -hmm. And one of his criticisms was that it was too scary for kids, but not scary enough for adults. I think this is why some of the extra haunting magic stuff needs to go because it it leans horror thriller at some points it does when i think it doesn't i think it could instead lead drama like romantic drama instead yeah if they just grounded it a little bit more with no cgi just the i i i get how like i really don't like when people are like what is the audience for this movie because it doesn't be more open-minded than that like my husband enjoyed it yeah. I like I enjoyed it as a child, and I enjoy it now. It's technically considered I guess a cult classic because everyone, I don't know anybody, I don't know anyone in my life who didn't like it, who no. doesn't love it, who doesn't feel some kind of nostalgia when it comes on. Like I don't I've never heard anyone shit on this movie. In my are there life. a little bit of holes? Sure. Is it going to win Oscars? No. Should it win Oscars for set design and music? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I just think it was a good time. So I don't maybe I'm going to I'm going to give this witch this one for this curse because I don't think there's any reason why this mm-hmm. movie shouldn't have done so like it should have done amazing. Yeah, I agree. Do you want to give it your rating to combat this? Yes, well I'm first of all I'm going to give it my Taylor Swift song. Oh, wow. I didn't even think of this. What do you I know what you're going to give it. Um no body no crime. Oh, smart. What were you going to give? Willow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was very... Witchy? Yeah, of course it's witchy. Nobody no crimes is good. <laughs> I've heard that saying so often lately on TV shows. Nobody, no crime. Yeah. And then I just think of, you know, they think he did it, but he just can't prove it. Yeah. I was watching um, the morning show the other day and she's like, it's like death by a thousand cuts. And I'm like, you can't just use that phrase anymore. No, it's Taylor Swift's phrase it's now. Taylor Swift. She owns it now. That's Sorry. Right. I, I do think, though, the did if you ever did believe by stevie nicks and cheryl crow is one of my favorite stevie songs oh it's so good i don't think i've heard it outside of the context of this movie well it was written for the movie i know but like i don't think i've like listened to it i I, it's just background i think we're in a big silver springs era (laughs) which is a great song yeah but this movie fantastic like if you get a witchy woman to write the songs for a Mm -hmm. witchy movie you, someone well, was thinking that day. Someone was thinking. I think from the get-go, CV Nix has always been associated with witches. And if you've seen American Horror Story Coven. The best season. <laughs> it, is, it honestly is the best. Who said they thought it was Coven? Me! <laughs> no, but not because I thought it was... <laughs> 
if you want to do, if you want to have a really funny movie night, there's a documentary that seems like a mockumentary, but apparently it's real called American Movie. And there's this guy in it who's making a movie, but he has like no budget and his family's in the movie. And they're like, you know, backwoods people who don't have a lot of education and just are hilarious people. But his movie is called Colvin. God. But it's spelt Coven. So I, the whole time watching that season, called it Col. Like, do you want to watch Colvin? Colvin. Yeah. But it's because so they were like uh, Midwest, like uh, Colvin. Yeah. I know it's Coven, though. Yeah. I love that. It was do a great you season. Think, do you think that Jillian's a better witch or Sally's a better witch? Oh. Well, didn't they say that Jillian's is not a better witch? Look what she did with the tree, at the, the phone tree. She did it like that. That's she true. She did the thing where she like pulled the woman's hair. Well, even the ants say that like Jillian has always had like raw talent, whereas Sally is like a studied, mm-hmm. like she needs to like plan and make things and use recipes and stuff. Whereas I think Jillian is like, she's more like bewitched. Like she could just wiggle her nose. Well, that's funny. She played bewitched, but. <laughs> funny. Yeah. I'm going to give yeah. it to Jillian on this one. No, that's true. She's her own, her own kind of witch. I think we're we're made to believe that Jillian summons him back to her. Yeah, for the um what, Gary. We gotta stop naming men leads in movies. Gary, Gary Jerry. <laughs> like we need better names. <laughs> and yeah. Sally, a lead named Sally. All the names are bad. Yeah. Like what? What are we I doing know. here? I know. Terrible. Okay, I'm ready to give it a rating. Yeah. I'm gonna give it nine cats on a table out of ten. <laughs> I'm going to give it 9.3 perfectly flipped cactus pancakes good, out of 10. Good choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we pointed out some little flaws here and there, mm-hmm. but it's top to bottom the best cozy feeling for fall. Absolutely. I think it gets you right into the mood and the skirts alone. Oh, the clothes. Oh, all the clothes. But... Wear them today. Yeah. No, there wasn't one outfit. No. If they no. put a pair of Sambas on uh, mm-hmm. Sandy B... Would have been there. The skirt she that Sandra Bullock wears for the whole latter half of the movie, I want so bad. It's like silky and has some kind of like kind of celestial looking pattern on it. And even Jill's, it's like a wrap skirt. Mm-hmm. Every every bit of wardrobe. And oh, honestly, I was watching it and I'm like, okay, I'm growing out my hair. Because mm. Jilly's hair, I'm going to bring that photo next time I go. Even though she has bangs, I'm trying to grow up my bangs. But And I all, always am like, no layers. I don't want layers. But oh my God, the layers are perfection. The color, I want that hair so bad. Best she's ever looked. I think I forget that Nicole Mary Kidman, I'm just always going to three name her, <laughs> is a blonde. And I forgot it because she had this movie. Mm-hmm. And then we went into um, Moulin Rouge. Yes. But like there was, I guess, Eyes Wide Shut, Days of Thunder. F- Far and Away is a Tom and Nicole movie that I watched way too many times. It's mean, a terrible movie. I don't think I've ever seen They're, it. They play Irish immigrants in New York. and it's, Tom Cruise does? Yes. I'm not going to It's terrible. This. I'm not going to watch um, this. But I've, I think I just think that she should be a redhead. The whole time I kept thinking, why is her hair blonde now? I know. Because also, her hair now is also a blonde that's like, it's so, she doesn't have any dimension to it. It's always Mm -hmm. such a solid blonde. And it washes her, she's so pale, it washes her right out. She looks phenomenal as a ginge. And this color is like, it's not the cowboy copper, but it's it's like a a copper mm-hmm. that people I think would de- like. It's just so good. Everything about it is so good. It's so so good. The clothes, <sighs> yeah. There was not one thing that someone wore that I was like, mm, 
No. There's a part where Sandy B comes down in like a black and red dress, like yeah. slip dress. I was like, you never look better. You've yeah. never looked better. Yeah. So good. I, I feel like it's mean to say that any of them have never looked better because like they're probably in their what? They're probably 28. Yeah. None no, you're ever, right. None of us ever look better. No, I know. <laughs> I mean, I could. They are. They still are very attractive women. Oh, yeah. But I think just sometimes in movies, it's rare that they give they make them look good like i'm sorry speed her haircut and speed i know that was that was a hate crime there was a simplicity to this time too where like nothing was giving their body any kind of shape that wasn't theirs their Mm -hmm. hair was very like long and like sandra bullock's had like no style to it at all it was it was like fluffy and curly in a lot of it there's very like a stripped down version of these women when we're used to seeing this other alternative made up. And now like, you know, both of them have like fillers and stuff and they don't look quite like they remember them looking. Right. But this is like them in their like stripped down purest form. Yeah. It doesn't feel like they're wearing costumes or they're playing no parts. No. And I think like in Ocean's 8, the clothes are so over the top. Yes. And while you were sleeping... She's purposely wearing frumpy clothes. Yeah. And Miss Congeniality, there's that transformation over. And then what's the other one that she was just in with, um, with Channing Tatum? <laughs> she wears a sparkly pink one That piece. movie was hilarious. It was a great movie, but I they must have had 50 of those because how bad would they smell? Oh, terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's like the heiress to her. She's just steaming those clothes. Yeah. Out of the stink out of them. But no. And then, I don't know. I just, you're right. I think like. It didn't look too try hard and it didn't look like anybody was wearing something that they couldn't afford. I think that's the thing. Yes. Like they, it didn't look like they were wearing Gucci or something that they would never be able to afford in this small town. Or look inappropriate wearing in this small town. Like this is the opposite of sex in the city. It's interesting. They should take a note. It's interesting how Jillian's vibe really kind of matches that 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 don't impress me much shania vibe yeah i get i conflate the two yeah yeah i get it such a good time the aesthetic is top notch just for inspo if you're like i i you know don't know what we should be wearing as yeah millennials in this day perfect yeah i don't know how to like style my kitchen oh yeah that's true go look at that that's true too and if you're you know a much older than a millennial the ants the ants the aunts i think the aunts are meant to look like they've been alive for like much longer <laughs> but in the prequel is set in the 60s oh so not too far like back 30 no, years that's the thing is i was trying to figure out are they her mom's sister yes. because but her mom is a redhead is there another brunette because aren't they the brunette and the ginger? I was trying to figure out how this... Oh, I don't know. Because then also, if... Yeah, like, who who do they belong to? Or are they... Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I'll have to read the book. If they're her great aunt, that still means they have a sister. True. Either way, they'd have a sister. True. Lots of sisters. I feel like they are their great aunts because right away they call them, like, the aunts and it's, like, a thing. Mm-hmm. But it would mean... Or they have a brother. I guess. They do have a brother. No, they can't have a brother because the moms are the ones who have the, the are the part of the family. But maybe the brother is the mom's dad. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to figure it out. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because her mom is the ginger. And I don't know where the brunette to her ginger is. I don't know. And I feel like they should have incorporated that, too. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know why that little fact about this movie is always stuck in my head that, like, they always have two girls. They always. Yeah. There's always that 
the re- repetitive of the hair colors and i love that i love it too what a great movie yeah what are we watching next so next week uh taking a little turn here i know we normally do movies but tv shows can be comfort watches and i think the quintessential comfort watch especially because it's fall aka gilmore girl season we are gonna do a different episode where we go through our favorite Gilmore Girls episodes that take place in the fall. So stay tuned. We have different favorites from different seasons or seasons I don't even watch. So you're going to expose me to a whole bunch of stuff I haven't seen probably in a long time. Because <laughs> you're going to be like season two. And I'm like, this is a wild ride for me. So excited. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do next week. As usual, you can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Comfort Watch Podcast. Please like and leave a review for a podcast. It really helps us. If you want to send us an email, it's at comfortwatchpod. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Sorry. Yeah. Can't speak. Until next week, stay comfy. Stay cozy. Bye. Bye.